What's happening, everybody? On today's show, the latest on college football and realignment talk as we catch up with college football analyst Taylor McCarg to get his thoughts on the pros and cons of all the movement. And we'll go around the conference as it was a very busy recruiting weekend around the SEC. Tennessee, Arkansas, Georgia, Kentucky, LSU, and others all picking up some key additions. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. We'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Chris Gordy. Thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start with recruiting as it was a very busy recruiting weekend. We start over on Rocky Top as the Vols picked up Chendavian Bradley, the top 2023 recruit from the state of Missouri. He announced on Sunday he is committed to the Vols. According to 24 7 Sports, he's the number five edge rusher in the class, number one overall recruit from the state of Mizzou. And the Vols now have 17 players in their 2023 recruiting class currently ranks number five in the nation per 24-7 sports. Shamarad Umarov, a six-foot-six, 337-pound four-star O-lineman out of the state of Georgia. He also committed to the Vols. He's the number 31 offensive tackle in the class of 2023. And Cameron Selden, a four-star wide receiver out of Virginia, also committed to the Vols. Six-foot-one, 220 pounds. He's considered an athlete by the 24-7 sports composite, ranked the number seven athlete in the country, number 104th player overall for the class of 2023. Meanwhile, down in Gainesville, Billy Napier starting to do some work down there. Eugene Wilson III committed to the Gators over the weekend. He's a four-star athlete out of Tampa, 5'11", 165 pounds, rated the number 10 athlete in the country. His commitment came after a pair of four-star recruits committed to the Gators on Thursday, starting with Four-star running back Trayon Webb out of the Jacksonville area. And uh, they also helped to flip a four-star quarterback commit in Marcus Stokes from Penn State to Florida. Trayon Webb is the number five running back in the class of 2023. Meanwhile, Marcus Stokes, the number 22 quarterback in this class. Stokes said he is uh, getting to work to help out this class and the recruiting. He said, I'm beyond excited to start recruiting for Florida. I'm ready to be a part of what we're building here. Meanwhile, over at Georgia, Kirby Smart, they've been picking up some names. The Bulldogs going into Tallahassee to pick up four-star linebacker Raylan Wilson. He's the number five linebacker in this class, the number 17 overall recruit from the state of Florida. Georgia now has 13 players in this class, now ranks number sixth in the country. Over in Lexington, Kentucky, they have been on a recruiting roll as of late. Their latest commitment coming from wide receiver Jacob Dixon, a native of the Louisville area. 
Dixon announced his uh, pledge on Sunday. He's yet to be rated by the major recruiting services. Uh, the Wildcats now have 11 players in this class. They also picked up Kobe Keenum from the state of Alabama. Pledged to the Wildcats on Saturday and uh, while making his announcement, trolled Louisville by picking up a Louisville hat before putting on the Kentucky one. He's a three-star offensive lineman, number 77 offensive tackle in this group. And it was just a few days ago on Kentucky Sports Radio, Mark Stoops talked about NIL deals and mentioned how Kentucky competes against players from other schools who are still being compensated in non-NIL-approved deals. He said, look, I'm playing against players I know we're given money, that the school and NCAA knows we're given money, and we're still playing against them under the table, not even above the table like it is right now. We need people to understand it is legal and it is okay. Yes, we are behind, and yes, we need money and to set aside pre-marketing dollars for the future of the football program and all of our sports. So can't get any more blunt than that. Hey, we're behind in NIL. Everyone wake up and help us out. Meanwhile, Jalen Braxton, he uh, made his commitment to the Arkansas Razorbacks over the weekend. He had committed to Michigan State back in June, but after taking visits to Arkansas and Miami, he backed off that pledge. And the Texas native committed to the Arkansas Razorbacks. 5'11", 170 pounds. He's rated four stars, number 27 cornerback in the country. He had offers from tons of different schools, but uh, that is uh, that gives Arkansas 21 commitments in this class. So they are filling that class up very, very quickly. Meanwhile, Brian Kelly at LSU, they are doing some work as uh, Jalen Brown from the Miami area, five-star wide receiver, he announced on Friday he's picked the LSU Tigers. He is uh, six foot one, 170 pounds, five-star receiver, number 29 prospect nationally, visited LSU in June. He's the number four wide receiver in the country. Tigers also picked up commitment number eight for the month of uh, July. And linebacker Whit Weeks is the brother of linebacker West Weeks. Uh, Whit Weeks is a three-star prospect out of the Georgia area, and uh, he has committed to the Tigers. So LSU starting to pick up a lot of names as of late. And lastly, Clark Lee over at Vanderbilt. Anthony Miles, an offensive lineman from the state of Alabama, he announced his commitment on Friday to head to Vanderbilt. He's 6'5", 285 pounds, a three-star recruit, the number 26 recruit from the state of Alabama. He is commitment number 11 for Vanderbilt. Well, quick uh, LSU note, Florida State uh, has sold out their allotment of 30,000 tickets to their opening game against LSU on September 4th in the Superdome in New Orleans. It will be televised on ABC, so we will see. I'm sure LSU going to sell out their allotment and uh, going to be a packed house there in the Superdome. But Florida State traveling oh, about five hours, five, six hours west from Tallahassee to New Orleans. Don't tell uh, Seminole fans they don't care about their team. Quite a fun trip for them to make over to New Orleans. And lastly, a quick baseball nugget. Uh, Chase Burns continues to get all the postseason accolades. The uh, Tennessee pitcher was named uh, D1 Baseball's Freshman of the Year on Friday. It's the third national honor recognizing Burns for his sensational freshman year. He was also named uh, National College Baseball Writers Association Freshman Pitcher of the Year 
and a Collegiate Baseball National Co-Freshman Player of the Year. He posted an 8-2 record with a 291 ERA with 103 strikeouts, so congrats to him. And there you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. When we return, we're going to catch up with Taylor McArk right here on Locked on SEC. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen every day. Look, if you're a small business owner, the sun is starting to come out and small businesses are back in business and LinkedIn Jobs is making it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You can create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you add your job and the purple uh, hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and who you want to hire. LinkedIn Jobs, they help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster About every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Brought along here, Locked On SEC. One of our favorite guys to talk to when it comes to talking all things uh, college football is Taylor McArg. He's been a college football analyst for many years now. I've been doing uh, some of the games on, on ESPN uh, uh, streaming platforms and all that. He's a former college quarterback himself, and he joins us now, Taylor McArg. Uh, Taylor, let's just jump into it, man. Uh, what do you like or do you like what you're seeing with conference movement as we are currently seeing it across the uh, across the entire country right now? You know, some of it, it's like anything else. I think there's positives and there's, there's negatives. Um, and I think for college football fans moving forward, just get used to things changing year over year. Um, and if you saw it, you know, from last year with realignment to this year, this is going to continue to move forward. Um Every year there's going to be change like this. I think some of the positives is you're creating some matchups that are really unique, and I think that's great for college football. Um, I think some of the negatives is you're getting rid of a lot of the regional rivalries and matchups that, that make college football great. And we're losing things, uh, you know, with, with Texas and OU moving to the SEC. I think there's some – you get Texas and A&M back, right? Okay, that's, that's a plus, but then we're losing out on – Okay, Texas isn't playing Texas Tech anymore. Texas isn't playing an Oklahoma State. Look at the Pac-12. Aside from the dollars and cents, I don't think it makes any sense for USC and UCLA to be playing in the Big Ten. But on paper, uh, for the numbers, this pencils out really nicely for them. And that's really all this is about is these TV contracts driving these moves. And we're not done yet. I mean, this is far from over uh, I think it's interesting to see the G5 for the most part is staying put because it just doesn't make a ton of sense for your non-revenue sports at those smaller schools to be playing these cross-country conference uh, matchups. And so I think a lot of that will stay put. But at the highest level, the blue chip programs, this isn't over yet. Taylor, when you look at the the big super conferences being formed, I, I do think about that effect on some of the smaller schools. Do you uh, think maybe we start to see some of those smaller schools being forced to, to get rid of their football programs. 
I don't see the smaller schools getting rid of football. Um, there are still so many things at play with non-revenue sports. That would be my concern. If you are a, uh, if you're a, a school, take a Rice, for example, a huge portion of their budget year in and year out is playing these non-conference matchups against the Texas, against an A&M. What we're headed towards is really, you know, the end of the NCAA. I think here fairly soon, it would not surprise me at all. And there's a lot that's been made of this, that the NCAA is that different organization is formed, especially at the highest level. Um, that's my concern for these smaller schools is if it becomes, you know, what the group of five is now and the, the power five becomes its own conference or it becomes its own entity, do we, how do the smaller schools, how do the, the you know, the Rice's schools that are at Conference USA or, or the new American conference or the Sun Belt, the MAC, Mountain West, uh, that's my biggest concern for them is how do you stay relevant? I think it's also possible that we're headed towards a different type of championship for the group of five where the power five and the elite programs, they're now really moving towards what we've all, it's always really been minor league football at the highest, highest level. Now we're really moving towards that with the amount of money that a lot of these kids are being paid. And then the group of five, could ultimately become a separate championship series where they're playing for a different national championship, which also, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? There's no reason that Rice should be competing. Uh, uh, most programs should be competing for the same national championship that an Alabama should right now. They're, they're miles apart from one another. One of our favorite guests when it comes to talking uh, all things college football, Taylor McCarg is joining us. Taylor, when we talk about the additions to conferences, it made me, Go look up the definition of the word conference. And what it says is it says a conference is a collection of schools who play against each other. There are rumors that the SEC is going to keep adding and the Big Ten will keep adding. And we could end up with 20 uh, team super conferences. Doesn't that negate the word conference? Because if you have 20 teams, it's impossible for all those teams to to play each other every year in football, let alone even every other year. It's just I don't know how you're going to spread it out that way. Right. The, the SEC, the Big Ten, the schools that they have added, the entire purpose is to try and bring in teams that will increase your TV contracts, the, the TV revenue from these contracts. And that's why you see a USC and a UCLA that benefits everybody else in the conference, Texas and OU that benefits everybody else in the SEC, Notre Dame that's still out there, the ACC, the, the ACC and the big 10 trying to hopefully court them and get them to, to join one of their conferences. That's going to move the needle. Once that, once we see the reshuffling finally settled for a little bit, that's the plan all along for these conferences is if you're a Nebraska or if you're a, Northwestern, you're fine with let's expand the conference to 20 teams if we're going to bring in teams that year over year our revenue goes up and we don't have to really do anything. We, or we don't change conferences. Nothing changes for us except now we have to take some trips up to, to California. But that's the reason that this is happening, and you're exactly right, Chris. It just becomes a round robin, and you're going to end up with pods in these conferences. Honestly, it will likely end up very similar to the NFL where you have divisions that you play these teams year in and year out, and then you rotate through the rest of the conference, and it's every year, and you know, once every four years, you'll end up playing at UCLA, right? Um, I, that's the piece that, again, I am not in love with because we're losing a lot of the conference matchups that 
make college football unique. I mean, that's the piece that it's different than almost every other sport. Um, it, these regional rivalries that we've, you know, we've grown up with. I mean, these are the, the teams that we've followed our, all our lives. And now it just trickles all the way down to, you know, look at Sam Houston and Stephen F. Austin aren't going to be playing anymore after this year. I mean, this, this trickles all the way down to the FCS level. Um, so that's the, the negative side to this. And like I said, we're the dust has not settled on this and it's not going to for another couple of years. More with uh, Taylor McCarg here in just a second, but I want to remind you about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. We told you the other day, they got win totals up there already for all the schools in the SEC and across college football. You can go check them out at BetOnline.net. They are your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for podcasts and news throughout the year. BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way for you to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, golf, and, of course, college football. Heisman odds, college football playoff odds, all of it is up there for you. Head to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device. Learn about all the trends and action that they got going, and it needs to be a daily resource for you once we get here close to college football. And then every day of the season, it is BetOnline.net. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. Continue on here on Locked On SEC. We're continuing our conversation on college football and the realignment talk and all that kind of stuff with our buddy Taylor McArg, college football analyst. And uh, Taylor, before we get back to that, I did want to uh, hit on just what are to you are some of the biggest storylines in college football that you're looking at this season? Yeah, I'm fascinated to you know, watch Lincoln Riley and see what USC with Caleb Williams out there is there a quick turnaround? Is this something, given that the Pac-12 is, has not been for the past few years, not been high profile, they have not had a ton of teams, they haven't had a, a team in the Final Four in a while. Um, and that's the kind of the biggest storyline that I'm looking forward to this year. Closer to home, interested to see do we, what does the, the tide look like for Texas, right, coming off a five-and-seven-year like that's the piece between them and Texas A&M across town. They're going to be playing each other really soon. And for Texas and OU, what sort of progress can they make? And what's going to be a weak big 12 this year before they move over to the SEC? Yeah. Well, like how you said, as the tide turned for uh, Texas, obviously they play the tide in week two. Uh, speaking of Texas, a uh, big announcement made just a couple of weeks ago was Arch Manning committed to play at the University of Texas over the likes of Alabama and Georgia. Of course, the Longhorns coming to the SEC very soon. They will be here once uh, Arch Manning is on campus at some point. But uh, what did you make of Arch's decision? And then kind of the fallout that has followed with about a dozen commit kids committing to play for Steve Sarkeesian following Arch's announcement. Yeah, I'm based in Austin and uh, it's a, it was a huge announcement, obviously a ton of excitement for Longhorn fans and Longhorn faithful. Uh, I think it speaks to Sark's ability to recruit the quarterback position. He's done that well his entire career. I think it also, if you look at it just as a fan, I think what makes this interesting is when it came down to, you know, the Alabama, Georgia, really Georgia and Texas there at the end, I think, and I don't think he'd ever admit to this, but I think there's got to be a part of him that thinks, okay, I can go to Texas, and if we turn this program around, I'm really a hero there, where a, a Georgia top 
how different is his legacy at a place like Texas versus a Georgia and Alabama where, sure, it's Arch Manning. He's got the name. He's got the pedigree. But I think he'd have a bigger impact at Texas. Um, it will be interesting to see, like I, I was saying a second ago, what progress is made this year with, with Quinn Ewers. And there's a path for them with Quinn Ewers the next two seasons, assuming things go well for him, that all it takes is Arch is obviously a senior year of high school this year, red shirts his freshman year. And then if you're a Texas fan, you're hoping that over those two seasons, Sark gets this spun back up to where they're competing to winning the Big 12 and trying to get back in the Final Four and then you turn the keys over to an Arch Manning and some of these other four and five stars that they have committed. I think a lot of optimism for UT fans, but there always is. And as we've seen the past few years, they get that preseason top 25 ranking that most of the time they don't deserve. And I think this is, again, another season where can they turn the corner second year under Sark? I think they trimmed a lot of the fat off last year's roster, but still a very young team. If they can keep kids in the program, avoid the transfer portal hitting them hard, then you get Arch Manning in, and he starts in two seasons. I think there's a lot of things to be excited about if you're a Longhorn fan. He is a college football analyst, Taylor McCarg. Taylor, thanks so much for the time, man. Always uh, good to catch you up, man. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. All right, that's uh, Taylor McCarg, uh, college football analyst. Follow him on, on Twitter. Really, really good dude and uh, knows his stuff. And good to uh, kind of talk about what's happening here with college football realignment. And, of course, you know, there were some rumors out there, some people floating out there on Twitter. Could uh, the SEC start looking to Clemson? Could they start looking to, you know, some of the Virginia schools, Virginia, Virginia Tech? Just go poach the ACC, Florida State, Miami, those have been thrown out there. Um, you know, West Coast, Oregon, there's rumors out there that that Phil Knight's calling other conferences. A- SEC wouldn't make sense geographically, but of course, Oregon is a big brand. And if that's what it's all about, just adding big brands and nothing else needs to make sense, then sure, Oregon might make sense. But I'm not a fan of how it's all falling out. But look, this is what it is. We're heading to... Uh, more and more expansion. Texas and Oklahoma make sense from an SEC footprint. They're not far. To go from, you know, west of Fayetteville, not too far of a drive over to um, to Austin, Texas. Not that far from College Station. So it makes sense. Oklahoma, not too far west from Fayetteville. So, uh, you know, going down that whole corridor from, from Arkansas and Oklahoma and Texas, it all kind of makes sense and kind of fits the SEC footprint. But, Man, you start going out west and talking about adding some of those schools. It just really doesn't make sense. And that's what I didn't like about the UCLA and USC additions to the Big Ten. Just doesn't make sense um, geographically, but it is what it is. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Appreciate you guys for listening and subscribing. Remember to check us out on YouTube where uh, you could subscribe and get all the video version of our format. Um, and appreciate you guys for listening to the audio format as well. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks again for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out Locked on Ole Miss, Locked on Bama, Locked on LSU. Tons of other great options. We got you covered just about the entire SEC with our own unique show podcast in, a difference, in addition to this, our conference podcast. But uh, go check them out. Football season right around the corner. SEC Media Days right around the corner. We'll be there broadcasting and bringing you some great interviews from there as well. This has been Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. Talk to you guys real soon.